You're listening to the Outlandish Outcast Podcast. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, is Desi. How's it hanging tonight, Desi? Annoyed, as <laughs> usual. You didn't, no comment on the how's it hanging? You commented last week that all I ever ask you is, how are you doing? I figured I'd change it up a little. That's because you annoyed me right before you started. Oh, well, I annoy you all the time. What's the difference? I thought I annoyed you. Yeah, and? <laughs> <laughs> Before we jump into tonight, if uh, if you are listening to this on the day it is released and you are in the USA, I would like to say happy Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day. Yay. Gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> I can't do gobble noises. I can yeah, sound like I a goat, though. I can't do noises. <laughs> okay. I'm trying, but it ain't working. I think I'll just kick this off. Is there a happy goat day? Uh, no. I can do that noise. Yes, you can. I can do piggy noises, too. Uh, yes, you can. You can make some other noises, too, but I'd really rather not do And not that. going oink, oink, either. But, I know. You know. I know. Anyway, I'm going to kick it off tonight. I believe it's my turn. It is your turn. And I'm going to kick it off with a lot of people's least favorite subject. Um... Math. I am going to talk like math, though. about a Reading. diet. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lifestyle change, not a diet. Yeah. Well, this was a diet. Oh. This is, this is the a diet. 80s factory where it's loaded in sugar diet? <laughs> no. This is a diet that was developed in the 1960s. Oh, my God. Is this the have a glass of wine with every meal? A little more than that. This is called... And it was a book. Was it the this egg diet? This is called The Drinking Man's Diet. What about The Drinking Woman's Diet? Uh, well, I don't know. This, this, this diet was... De- men dieted? Th- that this diet was de- designed for men, especially men in like, you know, sales positions and things like that where they had to meet <gasps> with people all day. They had scotch and whiskey, and, didn't they? Uh, some of them did. Yes, yes, they did. Um, in the early 1960s, uh, a woman handed Robert Cameron a slip of paper. And he said, you've been wanting to lose weight. Try this, she said. So Cameron tried, decided to give her diet a try and told his friends to do the same. Within a few, few days, the people closest uh, to them, uh, their wives, fellow golfers, were watching bug-eyed while they kept pulling in notches on their belts. They were never hungry and never missed a martini. Boy, I wonder why. What was their secret? Alcohol. Meat and booze. I could live <laughs> on that diet. I mean... I wouldn't be the healthiest person. No, of course not. But I know I could lose weight on that diet, and yeah. I would probably enjoy it for a little while. I'm sure you would. My job might fire me <laughs> for drinking on the job because, you know what, my diet requires that I have a glass of whatever at lunch. Yep. Uh, Cameron reported his findings to the world in a self-published book in 1962, The Drinking Man's Diet. Uh, it quickly became one of the most popular diets in the country, selling 2.4 million copies in 13 languages. Well, duh. Um, that would be a top seller right now if you could drink on the job. Yeah. Uh, Cameron had initiate what is known as the first carb craze in the U.S. by suggesting <laughs> that uh, Weight Watchers count carbs, not calories. Um, when Atkins uh, released the Diet Revolution nine years later, Cameron responded with, revolution my foot. 
I have been proselytizing against carbs for a decade already. But there's carbs in alcohol. There is, but the whole point, like an average meal in this diet. Well, that's because um, it's booze and meat. It is. It was booze, meat, and a salad, basically. So the only booze is in the alcohol. The only carbs is in the alcohol? Or and that, the only booze I is meant, in the alcohol, I guess. <laughs> I, meant, I meant the only carbs is in the alcohol. Um, I guess the book was about 50 pages long. So you could fit it in your uh, jacket pocket. Um, and a uh, big quote on the front of it was, have you ever tried a diet which was fun to follow? A diet that would let you have two martinis before lunch, a thick steak, and uh, you could make your sale in a relaxed atmosphere. Go back to the office without worrying about having gained so much as an ounce. Go back to the office. Keywords right there. <laughs> you can't do this diet nowadays uh, if no. you were. <laughs> no, definitely not. Can I quit my job? I would love to try this diet. Yeah. Um, Cameron, of course, was neither a nutritionist or a doctor. He did consult a nutritionist and a lawyer prior to writing the book, just to make sure he was uh, on good footing. Uh, there were a couple of nutritionists. A nutritionist, he consulted, and they were like, okay. It's he consulted a bunch of them. Daily. Most of them told him he was crazy. He finally found one that was willing to give it his give it the go. You know, So he found somebody who was willing to take enough money to... Uh, Sucker. <laughs> but... Uh, a typical drinking man's lunch might be a dry martini or whiskey and soda, two glasses of wine, <laughs> broiled fish, steak, or chicken, uh, green beans or asparagus, lettuce and tomato salad with, with French dressing. That was a typical drinking man's lunch. I would have, if that's how many drinks you could have, I would have been... That's a lot. Fast asleep. <laughs> fast asleep before... I guess uh, women also used this diet as well. Um, they came up with, uh, another woman wrote a similar... Um, Except it's with wine. A similar book called The Martinis and Whipped Cream oh, Diet. Oh, Martinis <laughs> and Whipped Cream. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was fascinating to look at this, See, this diet now, from the this 60s, pre-Atkins, pre-Counting uh, Carbs. Kind of the first time the the country, or first time a diet got real popular, where it was like, okay, we're going to do meat, and then we're going to get drunk. I want to try this diet. <laughs> Can I quit my job for a little while? No, but I want to try the diet. No, oh, I think this would be a fun diet that I actually would look forward I'm sure to. Sure, it would be a fun diet for a little while. Except they'd be like, but you only get this much, and I'd be like, ah, oh, what am I going to do before dinner? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one one last thing on here, it did. It was talking. This article I read did talk about how um, it was kind of the predecessor to other man's diets. You know, paleo is really popular now, and mm -hmm. you know, being a man's man and being able to diet as a man was not an easy thing socially to do. So, having the drinking men's diet gave men an opportunity to to lose some weight while doing something that was considered manly. If you're diabetic, though, you couldn't do that. Uh, no. Or <laughs> And if you had any type of a liver, kidney issue, you couldn't do that. I couldn't have like a martini and two glasses of wine before lunch and still make it through my day. So, yeah, no. Y you probably could because there's more to come. I suppose. <laughs> so by dinner time, you know, you'd probably have it a little bit earlier than normal. Yeah. And, you know, five o'clock dinner. Yeah. Yeah, that might work. 
So it's, it's a diet that neither one of us can try because, you know, we've got to be professional. I can jobs. try it. We can try it on the weekends. <laughs> They'll just have to fire me. They might have to fire you. And then I just won't have a job. Then what are you going to do? I don't know. It'll be okay. Okay. Every little <laughs> thing is going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. Your turn. My turn. Kind of actually follows your story a little bit. A little. Kind of. This is recent. Okay. Like, okay. really recent. Like, November 20th. Holy cow, that's really recent. Well, this was on the 15th, though. Okay. The, Still, that's really recent. The article I have is from the 20th. Okay. So, Chippewa Falls police arrest man with fake license plate made from beer case. Oh my God, I saw this headline. I, I did not read the article, but I saw this headline. <laughs> I saw it and I went, what? <laughs> so and I saw course, a picture of like a cop holding up the, the picture. The hams. Yep. 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 That's exactly that's the it. picture I saw. I didn't read the article, but I saw. I definitely I, saw I this. had to because I was like, we camped in Chippewa Falls. Yes, we did. Really? So this happened November 15th. Um. An OWI suspect is earning some ad- like admiration from the police for an unusual artistic endeavor. So, yeah, there was a call on November 15th of a vehicle swerving through downtown Chippewa Falls, which wouldn't be too hard to notice because Chippewa Falls not, is super small. Yeah, not a real, not a real big community. <laughs> um. Police said the suspect failed a sobriety test and his plates came back as not registered to the vehicle. And that might be because they were not real plates. <laughs> okay. If you are going to put not real plates on your car, you probably shouldn't also be drinking. <laughs> but this w- these were not the plates. Oh, okay. I don't have a picture of the actual plates, um, but I could show you them because I did see them. Mm-hmm. Um. The police chief, Matt Kelm, uh, said the man hand-painted the license plate on the back of the beer boxes. Oh, so the license plate was on the other side. And they were so realistic. Oh, okay. uh, realistic officers were not even aware that they were fake okay, until, until they speaking to, to the owner of the vehicle registered to the plates okay. when they ran them and it wasn't. Yeah, and it wasn't. Yeah. So... He said he's never seen anything like that in all of law enforcement, years of his law enforcement, and the suspect is Nicholas Layton, and he's not been formally charged. But hmm. there was a picture of the actual plates, and they look like plates. I was like, there's no way. <laughs> you know, that's a lot of talent, and coming from a former bartender, I have never served a talented person of hams in my life, so I'm really surprised. <laughs> I did. I've served hams. Oh, I've served a lot of hams, just nobody talented. <laughs> it was usually your, usually the people who might be on the drinking men's diet for their whole life is the ones no, I served hams to. Because somebody who worked with us in our department who was younger than us actually okay, yeah. drank it. Okay, yes, there was one person who I served hams to was who was kind of talented, I guess. So you just never know. Yeah. I just Never think know. it's funny. Hams isn't a beer you see all that often. Um, no, it's one of those. It reminds me of it like was, Paps. It was, it was definitely more popular here when I was a kid than it is now. Like Paps um, Blue Ribbon. Yeah. But Paps Blue Ribbon, but Blue Ribbon kind of had a comeback with the hipster ha- crowd. Hams did too, believe it or not. Just not like as big as Paps was. You nationwide. used to have a piggy bank. 
like a big, tall, three-foot piggy bank of a Pabst Blue Ribbon beer bottle. Cool. It was my grandpa's, and I happened to have... I used to have a picture of the ham's polar bear. There was a polar bear? Yeah, like the mascot was a polar bear. I thought he reminded me of not a polar bear, but uh, uh, it started with a Y. What's a bear's name? Yogi. No, it might have been a cartoon Yogi-ish version, but a polar bear. It was white for sure. See, that's how much I know about beer. I don't know a lot about it either, but that's just what I remember. Like being a kid and looking at this picture that was in my bedroom slash basement area of my dad's house. Huh. Cool. So, yeah, cool, cool, cool. So license plate, vacant license plates. That's kind of cool. I thought it was, so I had to bring it. I brought it. My next story will not surprise me if you know this. Okay. You might not. You might. I don't know, but this is it's something be I science. could. This is de- it's not science. This is definitely well. I guess there's a little bit of science involved, but it's something I was not really aware of. And I actually this morning when I went to Walmart, I had to look for myself to see is this really true? Because I, you know, never knew about it until I read about this. Okay, I'm confused. Have you ever? You know, Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Uh-huh. Well, my. Be today, if you're listening to this on Thanksgiving, it's the day it released. Planning for it, because um, it's at our house. One of my favorite things to joke around about Thanksgiving is that I always like the, the homemade look of the cranberry sauce, as long as it still looks like the can. But I make my own <laughs> I cranberry I know you make your sauce. own, but I like to joke about that. <laughs> I've, did, have you ever realized that every can of cranberry sauce seems to be upside down? Yes, I have noticed. I have noticed that, yes. Do you know why? No, I've always wondered that. Okay, th- there is a reason. Um, this uh, now, this article I'm re- reading came from delish.com, and I wanted to mention that because they actually, I'm sure other people knew this, but they decided to do a little investigation to find out why, because there's got to be a reason if they're all upside down. can't just be a big mistake that every can got printed wrong. <laughs> so they called Ocean Spray. <laughs> and their representative at Ocean Spray said there is a totally logical reason. The rounded end of the can is filled with an air bubble, which makes when you open the top of the can... It slides it out. It slides right <gasps> out. Genius. <laughs> and that's why cranberry sauce always looks like the can, because it slides right out, because the air it's bubble pushes like it. It's not like refried beans or anything exactly. like that. I'm like, that is genius. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're amazing. So, and if you don't believe me, go to a grocery store and look on the shelves. They're all upside down. Because there have been times that I've had to buy the can, plus my dad buys the can. Mm-hmm. But I usually, like 90% of the time, I buy my, or make my own. Yeah. I but no, I have noticed that. I'm like, stuff, but. I'll put the can there, grab the can opener. I'm like, what the hell? Flip it around. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm it like, may- why? You know, and technically, I guess they're not upside down. They're just designed differently. So they come out nice. Makes sense. Makes total sense to Comes me. out nice and easy. Just never thought of it before, but always I've always joked about how, you know, the cranberry sauce on Thanksgiving always looks like the can. It just came right out. I, I don't know anything else that comes out of a can jokes. like that and looks like the can. That's because nothing slides out. You have to get a spoon or a butter knife exactly. and like scrape it out. And there's a reason for it. That, nice. I just thought that was an amazing little story that I Here's had to Here's the ocean share. spray. You're geniuses. Yes, yes they are. I love your cranberry juice. It's my favorite. <laughs> if I would have known that, I would have made a cranberry juice drink 
and we would have toasted to Ocean Spray. That would have been interesting. Hey, I'm not really a it. fan of tra- cranberry juice, though. My frou-frous yeah. are really good drinks. I don't know if I'd want to drink a whole one. Whatever. It's good. <laughs> My frou-frous are awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got made them pretty popular at the bar we hung out at. So. I did, but I didn't name them. No. The bar manager named it. Yes. Because she liked them, too. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I'm good at making drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Practicing for the diet. <laughs> I am. <laughs> One day you'll allow me to do it. Someday. If you would have said over your dead body, good thing you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay, so my next story is the Mad Gasser of Mattoon, Illinois. The Mad Gasser? Mad Gasser. Okay. So, um, so did he really exist? question i don't know who he is so i have no idea well the mad gasser of mattoon also knows as known as the phantom anesthesiologist or the anesthetic prowler was um he was the supposed predator that attacked targeting the residents of mattoon illinois between and it all began on august 31st of 1944 well this totally changes the picture i had in my head i was not picturing somebody gassing people (laughs) (laughs) i was picturing somebody reading ben franklin's letter from last week (laughs) oh my goodness no 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 and this lasted two weeks total okay so 35 individuals believe they were also victims of this hmm so, on August 31st, a resident had awoke from a strange smell in the bedroom and soon became overpowering, and he became physically ill. He woke his wife, and she wondered if it might have been like the pilot light in the kitchen, mm-hmm. 1944, ovens, gas stoves. Yeah, makes, makes sense. sense. Um, she decided to get up and check, but she found that her legs wouldn't move. Thankfully... Uh, These symptoms went away in a short time. The pilot light she found was working perfectly. Okay. Um, Then on September 1st, three separate households reported similar symptoms. In one family, the mother went to check on her daughter but found that she too was paralyzed from the waist down. And the mother and the children felt effects of gas in uh, two other homes as well. Okay. So... At this point, the newspapers pick up this story because now there's like four families affected by this. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're citing such specifics as the smell of the gas, the explicit symptoms experienced by the victims, and the coverage of the story stated that there was some kind of madman out in the dark who was creeping around pumping poisonous gases into people's homes. Mm. And they called this phantom the anesthetic prowler okay. or the mag gasser hmm. is what the papers call them so um ever over the next few days more and more people reported to the police or the newspapers that had felt they fell victim of this mm-hmm. um they were experienced the sickly sweet smell burning sensations nausea partial paralyzation um that's scary it is a little scary. And then there were two reports on the 5th. Um, on that night, police seemed to have caught a lucky break. A couple arrived at their home late and found on their front porch a squ- 
wear like white cloth, so like a hanky, I'm assuming, okay. back in the day. Yeah. Um, the woman reached down and put the cloth to her nose, and after she smelled it, her nose and throat burned immediately. Uh-oh. And the police investigated. They found a skeleton key and a tube of lipstick nearby. And at that point, everyone wondered if the couple had been had interrupted the mad gasser in the middle of an attack. Interesting. So um, when investigators analyzed the white cloth, they claimed it was free of any odor. Hmm. So. Weird. Like, uh, from the beginning till now of this story, you have me going in every direction I can think <laughs> of in my head. Um. Yes. That's kind of what my brain was doing. Like, you know, could have been this. My first thought was it's probably just something mundane, like some kind of city gas leak of some kind that's like not nefarious nobody's trying to do this but now they find that stuff that seems a little more you know like there's something actually going on here Mm -hmm. so everybody that has reported had pretty much all the same symptoms the fbi was brought into this and they could not come to like a concrete decision and the police were stumped they had no motive on why they would be doing this. Mm-hmm. No robberies, no physical assaults, or kidnappings that occurred. And then on September 12th, the police announced their investigation findings. They believed that they had um, been no actual attacks and that there, that the entire series of crimes was due to mass hysteria. Hmm. So it fueled by the initial reports That's by the local papers... They suggested that any form of gas that came into the citizens' homes was due to accidental chemical emissions from Atlas Imperial Diesel Engine Company plant. Okay. So like you were kind of saying. Yeah, something like that. Um, But people were saying. I could see that too. Not nobody me. who had actually worked there were feeling these effects. Okay. So that didn't kind of correlate either. Um, The police solution dodged an important point of of that and then the police announcement had uh, seemed to have done the trick because on the 13th the last report of the attack came in a woman said she saw the mad gasser outside her house described as a woman dressed in men's clothes they never found anything this was never, nothing was ever solved. Nobody knows why Nobody this knows happened. What. This is an unsolved mystery to this day. Well, hmm. But it makes you wonder, like, okay, so there were a few families before it was reported in the paper. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder how many, it, maybe somebody got a hold of some sort of a gas, leaked it in the house, but they only had so much of it. It's possible. I can also understand the, you know... The paper's trying to sell papers, so they're going to write. Uh, not but saying it's they more than one paper. They're all trying to sell papers, and they, <laughs> I'm not saying that they're writing things that they don't believe to be true. But they're going to write it in a way that makes it really believable, and it's going to. Co- and I can see that causing some hysteria. Well, I mean, just yeah, look, look at, at social fa- media say, now. Just look at social media now, Facebook and Twitter, everybody, and feeds everybody off freaks of it out over things that aren't true all the time. Researching it and try to figure out the truth yourself. Yeah, you just it, believe. 
most people believe the headline yeah. <laughs> and don't even read the article. Mm-hmm. And it's like the headlines there as I think a it's, catcher. It's absolutely hilarious. Like I, I always chuckle. This happens to me at least once a day because I read a lot of news. I really, really like to read news. And it blows my mind how at least once a day I read a headline and then read an article. And, and the article has... completely disproves the headline. Mm-hmm. It's like, holy cow. And it happens every day. It's just crazy. I totally understand. I've thrown a catcher out there before, and when I re-read it after I wrote it, mm-hmm. I went, <gasps> "Yeah, oh, I pray people actually listen to what we have to say." Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of like last week's t- uh, title of the show. You know, it was so wrong; it did not. <laughs> <laughs> that was right on. You have to like. <laughs> No, that was right on. Okay. <laughs> it's right on. But then, you know, and back to the story, I could also see it being somebody who was doing something and decided, okay, I don't feel like getting caught. The FBI's we're been gonna, brought we're into gonna this. Stop oh, now. my God. And it, you know, people don't have to have a motive. You know, they don't have to be trying to rob you or steal something. It could just be Serial people. Serial killers don't have a motive. No, not they really. They do it because they want to. Yep, exactly. So it could be just some somebody had this awesome idea and thought they'd try it, and turns out they did. Or Got maybe they did the, continue to do it. They just didn't continue to do it in this city. They could have been like had a tank on. of nitrous oxide from a dental office, yeah. and they were like, "I'm going to leak some of this in their house and see what happens." Yeah, they could have. Very, very possible. And once the tank ran out, it ran out, and they had no more. Because mm-hmm. you know, people get a hold of crap like that, and they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Cool story. I thought so. I just don't like that there's no, like, we don't know. No explanation. No explanation. No, no fine. No. It's an unsolved mystery. And it will probably always be an unsolved mystery. Well, yeah, 1944. Yeah. Cool, cool. My Fun next times. story um, is a really cool thing that I guess you, I guess it could kind of be a travel thing because you could kind of go take a look at this. I it looks like really traveling. Cool. But you've already been to this state, so it's oh, not that interesting Alaska, Texas. It's Alaska. It's Alaska. Um, Philip (laughs) Philip Wender. Wender. I wish everybody could see your head right now the way it (laughs) turned as you tried to. It reminded me of Izzy when she turns her head like, what are you doing right now? Um, He is an attorney and he built a log cabin in the wilderness. Okay. It started out as a 40 foot by 40 foot log cabin. Okay, so not very big. It is now 185 feet tall. Oh. He has been warned by the FAA that he's not allowed to go over 200 feet because planes actually fly at that level. <laughs> yes, because, well, how close is he to, well, the mountains and everything? They yeah. fly low. Yeah. Um, I want to show you a picture. Here's a, a picture of the house. It's been a project house. He builds every floor, one floor at a time. Well, that's... Holy <laughs> Jesus. We will it definitely post pictures. Of like... Of this house. It's almost like he's a lookout tower at the top. Yeah, it, this is crazy. He does plan is on building... a door at the top? <laughs> yes. He does plan on building one more floor onto this house 
um, he's just so he can get closer to that 200. Foot. He doesn't want to get there, but he wants to get a little closer than he currently is. Holy! Um, he is an eccentric MIT alumni, uh, self-described as a frustrated architect. Uh, constructed this private home in a series of stacked houses. Uh, one on top of the other, gradually becoming smaller and smaller as they stretch towards the sky. Um. <laughs> I would be scared of being at this, the top and a good gust of wind come along and just I know blow that over. You might, I don't think you'll get this reference. I don't know if anybody listening will get this reference, but our kids, and and I've played around a little bit with this game, Hello Neighbor. And the, I know that the the neighbor lives in this house that kind of looks like this a little bit. It's but like I, this yeah, thrown it was a together house. What? No, no, it's a multiple stories. Then I have no yeah. clue. Here's a little better picture if you want to see it. <laughs> Hello, neighbor. No, I know this guy's house. I couldn't. I don't think I, I would ever think hit is... level three, four, or the top three levels. No, no way. No, I'd be like the wind's gonna blow over and boop. There I go. The bottom house looks like a really nice log cabin. A nice little. Well, it home. started off as a, <laughs> as that. Um, it just it, it is absolutely crazy. If you get a chance, come to the uh, either check it out on Facebook or come to the website and click the link. It, is what a, town is absolutely that in? Uh, uh, this is right outside of Anchorage. Anchorage. This is right outside of Anchorage. Um, Eagle's Nest. You can uh, you can see this house from up to three hundred miles away. Well, gee, <laughs> I wonder why. I don't ever remember seeing that though. And I was both both north south, but I didn't go east because yeah. you can't go west from Anchorage because you'd be going through a bay. Yeah, just absolutely crazy. Like, why would anybody build a house like this? Well. But, I think unique is amazing. No, yeah, it's definitely and unique. I, if I could live in a round circle house, I would. Yeah. But that is too too skinny at the top. Yeah, it is. Me. I mean, it looks, you know, it's kind of like the shape of almost like the Eiffel Tower going up to the top where it gets really skinny at the top. There's something that reminds me of, and I don't know what exactly it is. I don't know if it's like in China, you know, how they have those houses stacked on top yeah, of each other. Yeah, I know what you're talking and about. And they're not like the very sturdy looking, or maybe it's Japan I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'm not, not sure which not one. Not very sturdy looking, and it looks like after two or three stories, they're going to tumble over. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not two or three stories, and no. it looks like <laughs> like you're playing Jenga, oh, it's and a, oh, it's about ready to just tumble over. Looks like there's like 13, 14 floors oh, here gosh. or something like that. Yeah. And it's just like literally one house, bu- and then he builds a smaller house on top of that, a smaller house on top of that, and a smaller house on top of that. And like the the top of the house looks like a gazebo. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's crazy. I, I would never go to the top, but I'd like to see I'd that. I'd expect I think it'd be really something cool. like a little bird to come out of the top every hour cuckoo, on the hour. Cuckoo. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's cuckoo clock. Yeah. Okay. Well, my last story, it kind of, well, my first story was a drinking story. My mm-hmm. last story is going to be a, I'm drinking, but I'm doing the responsible thing and not driving around with bad plates. Okay, that's good. <laughs> so uh, this bar on, they leave a note on a customer's car who chose not to drink and drive. Okay. So um, there's this note. It says, Dear Union Bar and Grill Park Guest, just wanted to thank you for leaving a, a car parked, your car parked overnight. I'm not sure if you're, 
if you consumed alcohol at a restaurant or not, but we want to thank you for not drinking and driving. Bring this letter to the bar and we will give you a hamburger and french fries. Please accept this as a thank you for being responsible. Life is valuable. Have a great day. Cool. Isn't that amazing? That is really cool. So this is the Union Bar in Gearing, Nebraska. Did they put did they put that little note right next to the parking ticket the guy got? Because I'm sure he did. <laughs> well, it was in a parking lot. Oh, so in a parking I don't lot. Okay, never he... mind. Never mind. So, I mean, that is really how cool. great is that? that and is for awesome. a bar to do something like that, mm-hmm. to me, I think that is absolutely amazing. I understand the bar is probably taking a little bit of a hit oh, for I'm that. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But as they stated in their letter, you know, it is life valuable because mm-hmm. if you hit somebody, you could kill somebody. Definitely. So you're not just saving one person's life. You're probably saving two, mm-hmm. three, four, five. So the, um, the bar owners uh, told... The paper, it's a $7 burger. It's better yeah, than better jail. Than, better and, than jail, that's and for sure. killing someone. So. I always thought it was really cool when you have a bar that'll like hand out free taxi rides or things like that. And you definitely see it. We've seen it a little. You don't see it a ton in this area. But Usually we've seen like it a little New more. Eve and We've seen and it a little more holidays. with, I remember when I first became drinking age, I had some friends who had recently, or not friends. I had, I knew a couple of different people. They weren't really friends um, who had lost their parents in a, in a, in drunk driving accidents. And, you know, they ended up going back and suing the bars and that ends up a big liability for the bars to, uh, to overserve somebody. Oh yeah. So, you know, it's cool to see a bar stepping up and being like, Hey, thank you. Thank you for not driving home. I think that's amazing. They're not the only bar. Um, there are a few others. Max Tavern in Ohio. There's a Canadian bar, Original Joe's Restaurant and Bar. So there are a few mm-hmm. bars here that have done stuff like this. Yeah. But to me, I think it is absolutely amazing yes. to see stuff like this. Um, granted, it's not going to stop everybody from no. doing something like that. But I wish it would. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> so do I. And I wish a burger wasn't enough to stop it, but you know. Yeah, but that's so. really cool, really heartwarming. That so. you know, a, a small business out there just trying to make their community a little better place to live. One drunk at a time. <laughs> 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 Can, if we had a bar up here like that did stuff like that, I would say, you know, go park the car down there tonight. I want burgers tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you would just take advantage of them. <laughs> uh, not always. Not always. No, that's funny. But I'd be like, tomorrow I think bur- a burger would sound good for lunch. You should probably go park the car down there because I want a burger tomorrow. Yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> well, if uh, if you uh, want to t- check out pictures of the house or see any uh, links to any of the stories we're talking about, you can uh, always uh, send us an email. I don't know how that's going to get you these links and stuff, but that didn't make much sense. But anyway, send us an email. <laughs> You're so pretty. Outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. If you want to leave any comments or send us an email about any stories you think might be interesting. Yes. That's what he was trying that's to, what say I meant to say previously. Please feel free to come to our Facebook page at Outlandish Outcasts Podcast. You can also come to Instagram and join us there. And make any comments, share our stuff from Instagram, Instagram, Outlandish Podcasts, Outlandish Outcasts. 
<laughs> and Twitter at Outlandish Casts. I hope everybody's enjoying their Thanksgiving. Do not uh, get trampled on Black Friday as you're trying to buy all those <gasps> those Black presents Friday. and gifts. Um, and otherwise, enjoy the long weekend if you've got it. Have, a long weekend if you got it. Have a good week, everybody. Call in sick. Yeah. Gobble, gobble. Bye. Bye.